Hello everyone, welcome back to Babylon 5 vs. Deep Space Nine, the greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. This is Bob from Cascadia, I got Matt from the Southland on the line. How you doing today, Matt? Doing pretty well. We got this uh, tropical storm coming through, so Bob and I usually record uh, early Saturday morning, but this morning I had to uh, make sure I got out and cut my grass first because I live in an old folks community and that's all they seem to do is cut their grass and it's really annoying. It's really ironic that uh, old people hate plants so much. You just I, you, you don't see what the natural rivalry is there, but I guess there is one. They really do, and the weird thing is, like, I have a push mower, and all of them have like riding lawnmowers. And when I <laughs> when I'm out there with my push mower, they like sit on their porches and watch me. Like, I don't know if they're just like taking it in and thinking like, oh yeah, when I was young, I could do that. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just a weird dynamic. Uh, but that that was my morning. So now I get to talk about DS9. You'll, you'll be happy to know that when I mow my lawn, I use an actual push mower with no gasoline engine at all. Uh, they make those still? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay. I mean, my my uh, my lawn in the city is uh, so relatively small that it's not a big deal. I think I've only seen those on, like, TV. I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you'll also be happy to know that here in Seattle, there's smoke from the wildfires... Uh, we're in another historic heat wave, and the pandemic continues to rage. So just a, a really bright, optimistic view into the utopian future that we're all heading towards. Living in America. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, the great 80s James Brown song. All right, so today we're doing the a sort of look back, a retrospective, if you will, at DS9 Season 2, which we just finished our coverage of on the podcast. And so we skipped a lot this uh, season. We skipped about nine episodes and uh, in order to compress season one of DS9 and season two of DS9 into covering season one of Babylon 5. And so that left us with uh, 17 episodes that we watched. And just to give you a quick rundown of what we did watch for all you out there in Radio Land, we watched about five episodes that primarily focused on the Bajorans. That included the three-part season two premiere. That included Necessary Evil, which is a flashback episode about the Bajoran occupation. And we watched the uh, episode The Collaborator, which also dealt with uh, flashbacks and lingering concerns from the Bajoran occupation. We watched uh, two Trill Spotlight episodes, um, Invasive Procedures, where the Riddler from Batman the Animated Series tries to steal the Dax symbiote, and Playing God, where Jadzia has to wrestle with her guilt and anxiety in being a Trill mentor. We watched about five episodes that dealt with Cardassian themes, including the one about the custody battle over the Cardassian kid left behind after the occupation, the two-parter that debuted the Maquis, the episode The Wire, where we found out a lot about Garrick's backstory, and the episode Tribunal, where we saw uh, Smiley O'Brien go through the good old Cardassian legal system, which has no analogs at all to the American legal system. Then we watched uh, two Ferengi episodes, Rules of Acquisition, uh, which had to do with Quark negotiating trade concessions in the Gamma Quadrant, as well as uh, with uh, some cross-dressing. And we watched uh, Profit and Loss, where we found out about what Quark was up to during the Bajoran occupation. We saw one Klingon episode, that was Blood Oath. Uh, we saw the debut of the Mirror Universe, 
in DS9, which also sort of touched on the Bajoran occupation through a, you know, through a mirror darkly, as it were. That was crossover. And then we saw the season finale, which finally introduced the Jim Hadar after a little bit of uh, teasing and foreshadowing in season two. And that was the episode called the Jim Hadar. So uh, I'm exhausted after all that. Matt, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, I might make you talk some more because I kind of want to know a little bit about the episodes we skipped. Apparently we skipped nine episodes. Melora... I, I don't I don't know any of these episodes honestly. So I'm trying to Melora look back. is that cringy one where uh, Bashir mentors the uh, woman who's from a high gravity world, and is trying to help her like get along, and it's like really creepy. And Bashir like uh, compromises a lot of uh, ethical and professional boundaries. So there's a Bashir centered episode that we missed out on. Okay, gotcha. What about Second Sight? Who did that focus on? Oh God, man! I I didn't double check. No like I'm, I'm, I made I made these editorial calls like months ago. At this point, gotcha. Um, Are any of these noteworthy though that we may want to like say? Okay, maybe you should watch it just if you're a fan of this particular character. I think Armageddon Game is sort of like the origin of like the Bashir O'Brien team up. Yes. Um, it I think it it has to do with like some sort of doomsday weapon and uh, maybe a Gamma Quadrant civilization. And I think that's like the origin of like their team up. I think Paradise is like one of those annoying land on a gamma quadrant planet and no long-term repercussion episodes. Oh man, but yeah, I didn't really, sorry, I didn't really prepare on that at all. It's okay, Bob, it's okay. You're just letting everybody down. It's all right, no big deal. I mean, really, the person who let the listeners down was you by not putting this question in the outline, Matt. I mean, if you want to get uh, if you want to get really technical, oh, so second second sight's the one where Cisco falls in love with this mysterious woman, and so it's like the kind of the first sign that he's getting past Jennifer, and she's like an alien or something. Oh, uh, these all sound really boring. Sanctuary, Sanctuary would have been a good one to watch potentially. I remember that being a pretty good one. I just don't think there was room for it. The only one I'm looking at though is one called Shadow Play. That sounds like a B five episode. Shadow yeah, Play. Shadow Play was bad. Um, the as I recall, the the one line summary is Odo and Dax investigate why village residents are disappearing. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound very cool. Maybe people should check out Sanctuary though. Maybe I should have checked that one out. I think Rivals is also sound... As I remember, that's a fun one. That's where Quark gets a sort of rival business on the promenade. Oh, and then the alternate is important. That That's the one where we meet Odo's adopted father, but it's just... We just didn't have time. So, nine episodes there. I personally don't, probably don't think you need to watch any of them, but Bob says watch a couple. Just if you want to add to your 17 other episodes, you need to watch for season two. If watching O'Brien suffer is your thing, then Whispers fits that bill. Although we sort of already hit that quota with uh, Tribunal, I think. Yeah, like, uh, how do you have two O'Brien suffering episodes in one season? Well, I think they had to make up for the fact that there wasn't a full-on O'Brien suffering episode in season one. I mean, you could argue the one where he uh, shelters the guy from the Hunters from the Gamma Quadrant is an O'Brien suffers episode. But it just it just doesn't hit the peak quality of Irish suffering that we like to see from DS9. You know, looking back at season two, what was your favorite episode this season, Bob? Uh, let's see. I adore Blood Oath. That's a that's a real fun one. I enjoy all the three great Klingon captains coming back from the original series. But ultimately, I'd probably have to go to the go with the Wire. It's uh, probably the best written. Probably does the most interesting backstory work. And that and I would note that that was a big theme this season. Was we got a lot of backstory 
um, exploration. We got a lot more development of what the occupation was like, what Quark, Kira, and Odo were doing in it. We got to know a little bit about Curzon's past as a diplomat. And then in The Wire, we learned about Garrick's past. So the backstories were a big theme this season, and uh, The Wire was probably the best example of that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. The Wire is the best episode of season two. There are also several other great episodes that I, I personally enjoyed. I like Necessary Evil, that whole backstory for Kira and Odo, and just learning about Terragnor and how it was run. Crossover, or the reintroduction of the Mirror Universe, is really good stuff. Once again, you got to see alternate versions of our favorite characters, which I always like. And then the Maquis two-party was... I, I was surprised that I like this episode so I, I always see these two-part episodes as a single episode though so the Maquis to me just the whole two-parter was great and I, I kind of like the character of Cal Hudson yeah yeah no those are all pretty good too I'm a little surprised you would put crossover up in your top tier but that may just be I've heard people badmouth the mirror universe on DS9 a lot lately and it is kind of an acquired taste but crossover does have some fun with the concept so yeah it's it's a solid episode necessary evil was really fun i really i really loved all like the gothic melodrama and film noir touches in mm -hmm. necessary evil that that was a hoot so good stuff good stuff what would you say was your least favorite though honestly i didn't like the trill episodes the season around i, I didn't care for anything involving dax other than blood oath i did like blood oath but like invasive procedures and playing god both to me were just not good episodes uh, i think they just don't handle the trill i just don't like the way they handle the whole plot line well so here's an irony i, I grant that the two trill episodes or the two trill focused episodes weren't the best but my overall sense though is that this is the season where dax is finally like figured out as a character and they start doing good stuff with her, just not necessarily in these Trill Spotlight episodes. Would you agree with that, or are you still sort of waiting for them to piece Dax into place as a strong character? I will say that Dax does kind of, they do grow her character in Blood Oath, but I, I still, to me, I'm still waiting to see more. I'm not quite sold on it yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. For me, I would just say the season opener was a real drag. That was partially because we had to watch, like, four episodes that week, including the Babylon 5 episode, and that was that was brutal. And even though I love Frank Langella and the idea of a Frank Langella and um, Kai Wynn or Louise Fletcher team up should be great, it just, oh boy, it didn't come off for me. Otherwise, I think I liked some things about basically every other episode we watched. Although that might be a product of we had to be so selective here. I mean, we left off more in season one, but season one is also, and we'll get to this, a kind of worse season. And so we were really just looking at the creme de la creme of season two. So when we have a more thoroughgoing season coverage, um, we'll probably get a few more dogs. There were two other episodes I didn't really care too much for either. I didn't really care for Tribunal. It, just, it was on a Brian Torture episode. I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. Generally, we're going to try and skip O'Brien torture episodes, but I thought it was important both for O'Brien's backstory, although it wasn't, they didn't get super into it, but his backstory in, on the Rutledge was a part of it. And also just as an interesting look at Cardassian society, whereas mostly the O'Brien torture episodes tend to just be like, oh, here's this random culture we just met and they torture O'Brien here. It's an established culture we know is torturing O'Brien. And then Rules of Acquisition just was not a well-written episode and gave me a headache. I understand we watched it because it was the introduction to the Dominion. It's the first time we really get to meet any of the uh, species from the Dominion. I'll say we watched it because I have an agenda to not skip Ferengi episodes because I love them. Ugh. 
Yeah, that's that's Bob's <laughs> thing. I'm not looking forward to the episode coming next season where, like, if I remember correctly, isn't it like where Quark uh, becomes like a, a Klingon something, like a Klingon leader? House of Quark, baby. House of yeah, Quark. Yeah, I, I, I'm like dreading that episode. Like dreading I, it. Like I'm, I, I, I don't want to watch it. I remember it being pretty fun. I don't remember it very vividly, but I remember it being pretty fun in my last watch through. Like you need another co-host for that one because I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can bring on Alan that week if you're if you're feeling that down on it. I don't, I'll try to I'll try to go through it. I don't so want to lose my spot. You see what Matt here. does for you, listeners. You see you see how he suffers. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, I, well, you're never going to lose your spot as long as you know how to edit. That uh, that still puts you <laughs> above me. You're, you're far more indispensable to this project than I am at this point. I, I just want to know, like, uh, why you love the Ferengi episode so much. I, I, I don't. Like, I mean, I'm okay with maybe one a season, but... I, I don't really want to offer an answer that's going to get me canceled. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say that I, I really like Quark as a character, and I think Late Nog is interesting as a character. I'll just say that. All right, so any surprises throughout the season? What surprised you the most? Um, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed Profit and Loss and also Maki Part 2. I didn't really have good memories of the Maki two-parter. I, I, I thought it partly because the Maki have always kind of annoyed me. But I, actually Part 2 like wraps up the situation that Part 1 lays down in a really interesting way and goes in a very different tonal direction from Part 1 with like Quark dealing with like the Vulcan Maki member and things of that sort. So I would say I rather enjoyed Maki Part 2, and that was quite a surprise to me. How about you? I was actually really surprised by, like, all the uh, Deep State Bajoran shit, and, like, the collaborator. Like, as a kid, I don't remember much about that. I just kind of, like, just, that was one of those episodes I didn't pay that much attention to. But, you know, as an adult going back through and watching it, I, like, I really enjoyed the cutthroat aspect of Bajoran politics and all that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. It's much easier to appreciate when you're older. It's also kind of nice that, like, and we'll talk about the season one finale a little more, but it's like Vedic Wynn's plan kind of messes up in the season one finale, but it actually works pretty well in the collaborator and gets her to be the Kai. And so, you know, seeing her actually succeed in her nefarious plots uh, actually does kind of make her a more formidable and interesting character. So I, I kind of like that angle. It was the best developed character this season. I would say it was probably Quark had the best overall season, in my opinion. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of Quark stuff, even in the episodes that weren't primarily focused around him. But that said, if you're going to make it a question of development, I would probably give it to either Odo or Dax. I think we made a lot of strides, maybe maybe more so on Odo, since the, the episodes that focused on Odo were actually better episodes than the episodes that focused on Dax and the Trill. But I think both of those characters made a lot of strides this season. Yeah, we're going to learn a whole lot more about Odo in season three, so get ready for that. Yeah, how about you? Kira actually was way less annoying this season. I, I kind of started to like her character more in season two. I think just as the seasons progress, I started to like Kira a lot more than I did in season one. Well, and they also kind of gave up the conceit of having her always like be opposed to Cisco, yes. which even though I sort of kind of appreciated that sense of like you know divided interest of like the Federation's best interest versus Bajor's best interest. It, it, it was maybe a way that created more friction than we usually like to see among our Star Trek cast. I really liked her backstory being explored in Necessary Evil, and the relationship she has with Vedic Burial was interesting. And I can't remember, does that, that continues on, correct? It does. It yeah, does. Okay, I, I, yeah I, for some reason that just has left my brain. And then the whole alternate Kira and the crossover was great. I like seeing a different version of the character, you know, things have been different. 
Yeah, they kind of abandon the conceit of her being in conflict with Cisco all the time as we have, like, Federation interest counterposed against Bajoran interest. But here she just becomes more of, like, you know, another member of the staff, but with an interesting backstory, you know, tied up with the Bajoran occupation. And I don't know, I liked her being at Crossroads with Cisco, but I can see how integrating her more into the staff maybe makes for better and more traditional Trek storytelling. So, yeah, I, I, I can see that, definitely. Who was your least favorite this season, would you say? Uh, for two straight seasons, it's been Arman Bashir. If not for his parts in, like, The Wire and in Crossover, I would probably just forget he even exists. Yeah, Bashir is mainly good at this point for uh, being a foil for Garrick or for annoying Kira. Those are really his only two functions mm-hmm. at this point in the show, at least in what we've watched. Yeah, definitely not a great season for our man Bashir. I uh, I usually don't like Keiko very much as a character, but I have to admit she she was pretty good this season. I, I appreciated her role this season. Just in terms of development, it, and at least in the episodes we watched, it felt like we saw very little of Jake and Nog. I would say it wasn't a great season for Ben Sisko either, at least as I'm remembering it. Maybe you'll remember something that I forgot. But just in the episodes we watched, it wasn't really a very important or good season, rather, for Ben. Except for maybe the Maquis, where we sort of see his rivalry with his old friend Cal. He'll, he'll show up in episodes and be a, a minor part of the plot. but Which I do appreciate that, that he doesn't have to be like... I feel like in the Starship shows, like the captains tend to dominate... And it seems like, you know, you'd have to actually, like, run the numbers on this to see, but it seems like on DS9 they're comfortable using Ben much more as a background character rather than, like, the sort of lead always. He did really well in Necessary Evil, I'm remembering. Like, the scenes where he was negotiating uh, with the Riddler from uh, Batman the Animated Series over Dax and sort of manipulating him and his girlfriend. Those are actually really good scenes. Oh, that was Invasive Procedures. That's what I, yeah, not Necessary Evil. Not Necessary Evil, sorry. Necessary Evil was the occupation flashback. Yeah, he he, he had a pretty big part in Invasive Procedures. He had a pretty big part in the two-parter marquee. Mirror Ben was certainly really fun in uh, Crossover. That that, that was interesting. I mean, how do you think the season finale measured up to uh, seasons one's finale? Yeah, I mean, I had to, like, pause and try to remember, you know, even what the season one finale was. So, obviously, I think that means uh, season two was a better was a better finale. That said, I, I did appreciate all the kind of RFK conspiracy angles in the season one finale. And I would also say that just by the standard of wrapping up the threads of the season better, I would say that I think season one's finale encompasses the threads about the federation Bejor relationship a lot better than the season two finale ties up the sort of meager threads we got at a couple of episodes of season two about the Dominion. But that said, of, of course, though, despite that difference, the Jim Hadara finale was a lot better than the uh, season one finale. Yeah, I've got to say that the season two finale was way better to me than season one. The Jim Hadara setup was really great. Like, seeing the destruction of a Galaxy-class starship was just uh, memorable, <laughs> to say the least. It was just more impactful to me than just seeing like the uh, the explosion of the classroom on uh, the season one finale. Uh, there's a lot of jokes I can make about that, Matt, but uh, I don't <laughs> want to get you canceled from your job about why you yeah. would say a thing like that. So we'll, we'll just leave that alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just uh, didn't think about that when I wrote that. Okay, keep going. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so any wasted potential this season? I think uh, Goldicott or Cisco in the Maquis Part 2, they, w- one of them should have killed Hudson. There was a setup for that. It looked like it should have happened, and I think that really would have uh, would have caused either some um, 
some tension between Ducat and Cisco, or it just would have made Cisco look more like a badass earlier on. Yeah, I totally agree with you about that, especially since the show later just kills Hudson off screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think if look, and they wouldn't have known this when they were writing two parter, but I think knowing what comes later between Cisco and Eddington, it probably would have been better if it had been Ducat to kill Hudson. And that would have also done a little to beef up Ducat's character as a threat at this point, And maybe to, uh, to sow a little bit more animosity between Cisco and Ducat, which will come later. Then uh, yeah, I, I like that idea. And yeah, I, I think it probably would have worked better for it to be Ducat though. The only other thing I think they could have done differently. And I think this may have helped the Trill episodes is if there were some kind of long-term consequences for removing the symbiote. Uh, I feel like you can, if you could just take the thing out and put it in someone else and then take it out of them and put it back and nothing changes. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like there could have been something interesting written there that could have added to Dax's character. I don't know. Maybe. So you, are the consequences you're thinking like uh, the Riddler from Batman, the animated series is now an extra host in the symbiote, something or an extra personality in the symbiote that yes. Jadzia has to experience. Oh, that exactly. could have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, something Would have been like a nice that. way to bring that character back too. So this just doesn't happen again, you know. And then, oh well, big deal. The symbiote's gone, been removed. I'll put it back in. I, 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 it, I didn't think that should have been such a simple process. I, I don't know how they could have worked it, where like they could have kept the symbiote out of Jadzia long enough, where she. But she didn't die, whereas it was in the Riddler from Batman the Animated Series for long enough that he would die when it was removed and, like, go with it. But, yeah, if they'd had Cisco like, make a hard call like that to, like, to basically kill the Riddler and to put it back in Jadzia, that, I, I don't know how that they could have written that out. That would have been hard to do, but it, it would have been interesting to see. We're very thirsty for the violence here. We just want Cisco to keep killing. There was a waste of potential there. Cisco could have been killing earlier on. I mean, really, if you think about it, every episode where Cisco doesn't murder someone is a wasted potential. <laughs> All right, so when it comes to ranking the two seasons we've watched so far, season one and season two, which do you think is better? Oh, season two, easily, no question. I agree 100%. Season two is way better than season one. Uh, not saying, not trying to downplay season one, but you're just getting introduced to the characters in season one. You're setting the scene for DS9 and what it's all about. Season two, you really get into the the nitty-gritty and the good stuff, and the origin stories. Of the late 20th century shows, DS9 Season 1 is far and away the best Season 1, no, no question. But yeah, still, DS9 Season 2 is a, a, a good bit better than DS9 Season 1. Do you see that with most shows you watch? Most shows, like all TV shows? Yeah, all TV shows. Not really. I, I think people overstate how much growing pains uh, first seasons have. But I mean, I'm thinking of like, like high caliber shows like the Sopranos, Mad Men, Deadwood, uh, The Wire, all of those were pretty amazing from the start. Yeah, I, I was just, sometimes I think back to certain shows and I'm like, yeah, season one is, uh, like I said, it just sets up everything. And then season two is when they can start really freely doing what they want to do. I'm just trying to think of some examples, like Dexter is one I, example off the top of my head. I don't even remember what the Dexter season one plot was about to the extent there was one. Right, yeah, that's one example I can think of. I think Breaking Bad was kind of like that, too, to me, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the way that often happens is when you're dealing with a very episodic show, the like the late 90s Star Treks, or when you're dealing with a procedural, like Law & Order, or you're dealing with a show that, like, 
they're not exactly sure what like Dexter is sort of a procedural too, um, you know, a serial killer procedural as it were. Or you're dealing with a show that's like they're not exactly sure where their story is going yet, and like yeah, you know, Breaking Bad season one isn't that representative of what the show would become in a lot of ways. I feel like if you're looking at a show that either is episodic or if it's going to evolve a lot, then oftentimes season one is going to be a bit dodgy. But a lot of times when you're looking at a show that is more serialized storytelling and has a clearer idea of what it wants to be, whether that's like Oz or The Sopranos or Mad Men or even something like uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is not, I don't think, on the level of those uh, other like high quality shows I just mentioned, but still, like I think... Discovery season one is, you know, still a pretty good season of TV. And I think a lot of that has to do with like how serialized it is. Does that point make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that because it, it, serialization really does change it up. Cause it's almost like you're watching one long ass movie. So Bob, what are we looking for next uh, week? All right. Next week, we're going to look at the season three premiere of Deep Space Nine. That is The Search, parts one and two. And we are going to look at the season two premiere of Babylon 5. That is Points of Departure. Sounds great. I look forward to it. All right, everybody. This has been Babylon 5 versus Deep Space Nine. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's been Matt from the Southland. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.